Hey guys, welcome to my channel. My name is Dr. Tom LeHue, and uh, thank you for uh, watching this video. I hope it's helpful to you. We're gonna talk about type twos. We're gonna be diving into uh, some of this book here, The Enneagram Guide to Waking Up by Beatrice Chestnut. And I uh, wanna remind you that in the description below is a link to my website, tomlehue.com, where you can book Enneagram coaching appointments, relationship coaching appointments based on the Enneagram, whatever I can do to help you. Um, also, there's information on my website about the certificate classes that I offer in Enneagram coaching and all kinds of different subjects about the Enneagram. And there's a new section on my website called events. You can um, invite me to come speak to your team, your leadership team, your nonprofit staff, your church staff, marriage retreats, all kinds of things now are available. Um, live events. So check that out. I'd love to uh, meet your team and meet your group and speak to your team or keynote speaker, whatever I can do. I've got a uh, more uh, time available to devote to this uh, enterprise and it's exciting to see what doors are going to continue to open. All right. So I want to talk about, uh, and by the way, thanks to my patrons. Appreciate your support. Now, I want to uh, talk about type twos. Um, I've been doing a lot of reading and reflecting and thinking about type twos. And of course, my wife, uh, Tracy, is a type two wing one. And so I have a lot of experience uh, after 30 years of marriage uh, trying to understand. I don't think I fully understand her yet, but trying to understand type twos. And I want to jump into uh, a little bit of the introduction here in the first part of uh, her chapter on type twos. And I want to just talk about uh, that for a second. Let's see. Where are we at here? Okay, the pride from uh, the path, the path from pride to humility. Now, um, now, what she calls this is patterns, and I just want to deal with the first one today, which is um, the need to be liked, the need to be liked in type twos. Now, that's a good thing, right? I mean, who doesn't want to be liked? I'm a seven, wing six. I like to be liked. I like to like people. Um, I think there's a huge difference though between the need to be liked and the desire to be liked or the hope to be liked or isn't it great if they like me but I could live without it, I don't need it, my head's not going to explode, my eyes aren't going to pop out of my head, my head's not going to melt if people don't like me, I'm not going to stay up all night worried about it if they don't like me. Uh, so need to be liked that's pretty strong. Um, you know, it would make you a very likable person. Good question. What if they don't like you? Um, are they then bad? Are they then some kind of, you know, are they dysfunctional if they don't like you? Somebody said a long time ago that, you know, there's two kinds of people for twos, those that love me and those that just don't know me well enough. So how do you respond if somebody, you know, doesn't seem to connect with you? Do you work harder? Do you feel like an impulse within you or a compulsion to like step up your game and give a little more effort and try a little harder? And surely with enough effort and enough attention, and you know, if I focus on this a little more, I'll win them over. What happens if you don't? What happens if you don't win them over? And then you might ask the question like, why do I need to win them over so much? Like, what do I really gain? Do I gain something? Do I get something? Does it, do I go to bed at night with some feeling or some thought in my head that I am important or I'm more valuable or I'm essential or I'm a person of worth because I won them over? How will you know when you've done enough to win somebody over? You know, this is gonna 
move you in a way that tends to try to be pleasing to people, which is good. We appreciate that. I mean, that's what makes everybody like you at first, at least, is you tend to be so pleasing and thoughtful and warm and affectionate, attentive and kind. And did I leave out compassionate? So all of these wonderful things that you lead with, but if you're not careful, that relationship could be a little bit front loaded. It could be a little bit well, you might say love bombing at the beginning of the relationship and a little bit front loaded. And then, you know, can you sustain that kind of attention? Do you want to sustain that? Do you really need all of these connections? I mean, maybe you feel like you do in the moment, but what happens when they don't respond the way you would like? All right. So let's see what she says here about the needing to be liked. Um, much of the time you tend to be motivated by approval and have an underlying fear of being rejected or excluded. Okay, so let's just face that for what it is, an underlying fear of being rejected or excluded. How does it feel if you're not included? You know, what what kind of, what goes through your mind? Do you feel hurt? Uh, do you feel unwanted, uncared for, unloved? And what does it take to get that signal? I mean, what if, what if for example, what if, three of us in the house decide, hey, we should jump in the car and we should go get, uh, you know, a slushy, an icy, a slurpee, um, an ice cream cone. We should jump in the car and we should go. And what if they all jump in the car and maybe you were out back on the phone or maybe you were in the restroom and everybody left and they forgot to ask you or they didn't think to ask you, is that okay? Is that not okay? Would you be upset by that? Would you feel hurt by that? How long would you be upset for? Is that something that you would get over in five minutes? Would you talk yourself down? Oh, well, they were probably just excited. They were probably just, you know, weren't thinking and they just they just jumped in the car and left. It's fine, it's okay. Would, would it stop everything for you? Would you be mad about that? Would you, would you, would you feel fear? Would you feel it as fear? Or would you just feel it as anger or hurt? Would you be upset for five minutes or would it be five hours or would it be five days? How long would this go on? Does it matter who it is? Does it matter who it is that jumped in the car and forgot to ask you? Why, why, why so sensitive to this? It's an interesting question. It's something to think about. There's a fear there. I think what happens is, you know, people do things that bring that fear back up to the surface. But recognize the fear is not caused by them. The fear is within you. The fear is part of what it means to be a two. And so when other people, you know, provoke that fear back to the surface, just realize that they didn't make you feel that. They just created the opportunity for you to feel what's already inside you. They just created the, the opportunity for you to have those fears rise back up to the surface. And so in that moment, what would happen if you said to yourself, oh, you know, this thing I'm feeling right now, it's the kind of stuff I read about in books like this that two sometimes struggle with. So maybe I'm just a two right now feeling two things. Maybe I don't need to be upset with them. If I'm upset with them for leaving me behind and then I act that out in aggressive or passive aggressive ways, won't that further push them away from you? Is that going to draw them near to you? I mean, even if you could like guilt them and shame them like, wow, I guess you guys had a great time going to the ice cream store. You didn't invite me. I mean, even if you kind of like 
did it that way, do you think that's going to endear them to you so that they think to ask you the next time? I mean, they might think the next to ask you the next time, but it's going to be out of duty or out of fear that you're going to be upset with them or make a big production about it. Is that really what you want? That's not really what you want. You don't want people to feel obligated. No, you want them to think of you and you want them to care about you and you want them to remember you. And that's a good thing. I mean, we all want to be cared for and loved. But I think, I guess what I'm getting at is if it doesn't happen all the time, recognize that, you know, not everybody would be as sensitive to this as I am. People that aren't twos, for example, or aren't in that feeling group, they probably wouldn't be as sensitive to being left out of something. And if they were, they might just they might just confront it straight on and say, hey, how come you guys left without me? Or I want to go. I want to go. Well, if they didn't ask me, then they probably don't want me to go. Well, they might not ask you because they're just not thinking. They're not thinking like twos because they're not twos. You know, they're just very motivated to get ice cream. And in that moment, if you don't speak up and you don't advocate for yourself, can you advocate for yourself? Does it feel difficult to advocate for yourself? Is it difficult to speak up and say, hey, I want to be included. Hey, I'm going to come too. Probably if you said, hey, I want to come, probably they would say, oh, great. Yeah, totally. Let's go. Yeah, but they should want me to come. How come they didn't think to ask me? How come they didn't think to want me to come? Well, you know, a little bit for the twos, threes, and fours, there's, you know, there's that sense of this means something about me. The fact that they didn't ask me, that means something about me. And remember that sin of pride is hard to see. Like, don't they know how important I am? That I should get a special invitation? But it's just probably not realistic that everybody's going to remember to think, to ask you every time they do something. And it would be great if they did. Wouldn't it be great? It would be great. If other people just treated you exactly the way you wanted them to, wouldn't it be great? I know you work really hard to do that. Just remember that the rest of us are not twos. And so we don't always think to go out of our way to make someone else feel special. In fact, most of us don't think we can make people feel things. We just do stuff and then we're surprised that people feel stuff in response to what we do. Okay, what else does she say here? It's very important for you to be liked. Good. I like to be likable. I hope I'm likable. I realize though it's always weird when somebody doesn't like you and you're like, what did I do? And sometimes it's not anything you do. Sometimes it's just who you remind them of. Maybe they don't like your accent or they don't like bald people or they don't like people with facial hair or crooked teeth or big noses or whatever. And you're just like, sometimes you're surprised at like, I try really hard to be likable. How come they don't like me? There's something wrong with them. I need to avoid them. And that's where you kind of got a question sometimes too, is like you have this big love for everybody, but how do you treat the people that don't respond to you the way you want them to? Maybe you work harder. Maybe you work harder and go after them. And it's like, why are you giving your best energy after people that are being objectionable? Why are you giving your best attention to people that don't want a relationship with you? Are you treating the people that do want a relationship with you with as much attention as those that don't? That's a good thought. Something to stop and think about. So you work really hard to be likable. Okay, I guess that's likable. But again, what if people don't respond to you the way you want them to? How hurt does that feel? Probably feels pretty hurt. Um, 
You have a sense that you can make others like you. I'll make them like me. Really? Again, what do you really gain from this? Why? I guess maybe what you might ask yourself is, why do I need this so badly? Like, what if I liked myself well enough and I had a good sense of self-worth, would I still need other people's, you know, admiration as well. Or if you if you already ate a big dinner, you know how you if you eat a big dinner then you're not really hungry for extra cuz you're already full. So, what how would your relationships change and how would your way of relating to people change if for example, relationally you were already full? If you were already full, you had a good sense of your own value and worth. Like if that was settled in your mind and you were already full. Um maybe you wouldn't feel so Desperate? Maybe that's a bad word. I'm just gonna say it. Maybe you wouldn't feel so desperate to have other people respond to you in a certain way. You would you you would welcome their love, you would welcome their attention, but not necessarily feel compelled to attain it. Like I need to shape shift in some way. I need to modify my interactions in order to be amazing and win them over. Maybe you wouldn't feel that necessity so much. And then what? You could just be more of yourself. That line to four, when when twos can relax that need to be amazing and wonderful and warm and special and kind and generous and attentive. When you can relax that need because you're already secure in your own identity, um, you might look a little more like a four. Like be able to ask yourself like, if I didn't need to please everybody and I didn't need to win people over and I didn't need to be amazing and I didn't need to be this superhuman of a person, what would I do with my day? Like, where would I spend my energy? What would I be doing right now if I didn't need to take care of everybody or to win them over? If I just took care of myself? That might be a challenging, maybe you're good, maybe you're there, that's great. But maybe it's a challenging thought for you. Man, that's what this channel's all about, being challenged. Okay, what else does she say? She says, notice if you worry about the impact you have on people. Like, oh, I couldn't say that out loud. Oh, I better not walk on the grass. Oh, I can't use this entrance. I need to go around the other way. I can't walk through the crowd. My impact on people might be too severe. Can you see the pride in that a little bit? Like, I know that I'm going to have a big impact on people. If I do the wrong thing or I say the wrong thing, I've got to be very modified and careful in how I say things because I know that my presence has a big impact on people. There's a little bit of pride there, right? Because it's so important for you to make a positive impression, a positive impression. And you're really good at this. I mean, when you want to be. Right, because let's face it, sometimes you get exhausted, don't you? Sometimes you get exhausted, you get weary, you just feel like you're empty, you just don't have the energy, and you're like, oh, I'm so exhausted. Sometimes it can be hard to like reach out to somebody in need, even though you're wired to do it, and you used to be really good at it. Oh, you used to be really good at this, but now it's like, I don't have any more energy. Oh, people are just exhausting. And... You know, sometimes with twos, you might look around and realize like a lot of your friends, quote unquote, are really just projects. Like they're not really equals. It's like you've amassed around yourself people that remind you that you're valuable because they need a lot of help. And you kind of attract or are attracted to those kind of people 
people that you can benefit. It's kind of like patients. Like you're a nurse and they're the patients. And and that's cool. I mean, that you're helping people. It really is. And maybe you need to go to bed at night believing I help people. I take care of people. I, I love people. I'm a kind person. But the downside of this is sometimes like you get to some point in your life and you realize like, although I'm super friendly, like I don't have a lot of friends, at least not, not a lot of equal friends, not a lot of friends that you can call and count on that'll sit and listen to your problems. You sit and listen to them. You're their counselor, but do you have any equal friends? Because not everybody that needs a friend really knows how to be a friend. And sometimes if you're not careful, you can amass for yourself tons of people that need a friend, but really don't know how to be a friend. Okay. What else does she say? We're getting to the end of this. Observe yourself to be more conscious of your tendency to shape shift, shape shift and align with other people. You know, I would say like make connections, um, find things in common, uh, presenting yourself in ways that you think um, that they will like. And so, you know, you might smile a lot and be very attentive and agree and shake your head and agree with them. And when they like something, you like that also. You try to find those areas of connection where we're, we're the same. You and I were the same. Notice yourself do that. If it's genuine, go ahead. But you know, if you've got more of that three wing, you might realize that some of that might not be all that genuine, you know, get a little bit of that deceit. And so you might feel yourself having to like shape shift a little bit in order to like be so agreeable, in order to be so attentive to other people. Um, and then hiding the parts of yourself that you think they won't like. So displaying the parts of yourself that you think will make the connection, but then like maybe being ashamed, shame type, shamed of the parts of yourself, not revealing those. And what I found is sometimes twos can be quite guarded people. Like they're maybe, maybe difficult to actually get to know you. You may be afraid of people really getting to know you. Like you have this fear of being exposed. Like what if they found out that I'm not really always this energetic and you know, warm. What if they saw that other side of me, that side that gets upset, the side that gets angry, that speaks in that, you know, guttural tones. What if they saw that? So I got to be careful, you know, that they don't get to know me too well. But then again, like it's hard to really open up and be friends with somebody when you're guarded and when you're careful. Okay. When you have to be careful. So they won't know that your, your opinions, you got to be careful about your what you say about politics or religion or all of these many, you know, landmines in our culture. You got to be careful because you don't want them to be upset with you. you you've got to be a pleasing person, your preferences and your feelings. And so twos could end up kind of self-protective and kind of guarded, wanting to connect to people and opening up themselves while keeping parts of themselves hidden so as to not be displeasing. All right, so this will get us started on our little series here in type twos and some of the key patterns of type twos. Um, I hope this is helpful for you. I, if you live with a two or you are a two, um, I hope this is encouraging and challenging to you to be present to life and to not lose yourself. It's wanting so desperately to feel connected with others that you don't spend any time like really getting to know and appreciate yourself. 
As always, thank you guys. Be present to life. I'll see you next time.